Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and want to talk to you after Amen. What do we do while we're waiting on God? And I've been sharing uh, last Monday and Tuesday uh, about a wonderful book called After Amen, uh, written by Rusty George, that I read uh, three years ago during COVID and uh, really spoke to me, had Rusty on as a guest and had a lot of good feedback on that program and uh, just looking at some of the things he shared and then things that God has taught me about when you're waiting on God after you've said amen and uh, <clears throat> so many good nuggets of wisdom that I've learned through just not just that book, but through my own life and several uh, wonderful mentors, my parents, the Bible. And uh, today and tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about doing the next right thing doing the next right thing. And we're going to be hanging out in John chapter 4, verses 46 through 53. If you've got your Bible uh, or you've got a Bible app, maybe you want to turn to that. But uh, it says, as Jesus uh, traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While this man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. I love this quote by Billy Graham. He says, the only time my prayers are never answered is on the golf course. <laughs> uh, gotta love it. Most of the time, uh, Billy Graham things are pretty serious, but like the sense of humor there. Corey Tim Boom, just an amazing woman of God and missionary said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? And as you know, we don't we never uh, condemn people here on Hope is Here. Uh, the enemy likes to condemn, but uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they convict us sometime, and yet that is not my goal either. But that quote is, prayer, your steering wheel, or your spare tire. The reason that speaks to me so loudly is because I believe that through prayer, really it's a conversation throughout the day with you and God. And we talk about this quite often, but maybe it's your first time listening to Hope is Here, watching on our YouTube channel, or listening to a podcast. But, you know, part of any good conversation involves two things. One, obviously talking. But secondly, a part of any good conversation is listening. And that's one of the things throughout the day. We just, you get in your car each morning, maybe you put your hands on the steering wheel and say, God, before I put this car in drive today, I just want to invite you to be a part of my day and see how I can be a blessing to other people. Let me see where you're working today and let me join in it. 
And that's the whole goal, what we did last Monday and Tuesday. We're doing this Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to do it for a few more uh, times here at the beginning of the week for the next few weeks. But just trying to make prayer just a part of what you do every day, a conversation between you and God, not just giving him your prayer request, but also listening, because God loves to speak to his kids, friends. Michael J. Fox, the, the wonderful actor that unfortunately has struggled with Parkinson's over the last few years, said, do the right thing and then do the next right thing, and that will lead you to the next right thing after that. And Lamont said, hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dom will come. You wait and watch and work. You don't give up. Oh, such good stuff there from Anne Lamott, a wonderful writer, a lot of good things, a blog that she has that I really like. But I want to remind you, that just kind of recapping last Monday and Tuesday in case you missed those programs, one of the things we talked about after we say amen and we're waiting on God, uh, one is that, you know, we got to work while we wait. We work while we wait. We talked about maybe the first prayer Jesus heard was <laughs> Mary, when she came to Jesus and said, hey, we're out of wine at the wedding. And that was a big, big deal back then. Weddings didn't just last a few hours of the reception like they do today. They lasted for days, maybe even a week, because people travel great distances. And it wasn't like they could jump in a car or airplane and get back home after the wedding. Uh, so uh, that was a big deal. And yet Jesus just said, hey, it's not my time yet. And yet those guys went on. She told them, the servants there, to go on and fill those big, huge, huge vases full of water that would carry 25 to 30, hold 25 to 30 gallons of water. Just do as Jesus tells you. And that's what he told them to do. But they were working while they were waiting for Jesus to perform the miracle and not knowing his timing. Second thing we talked about last week was aligning with the why. You know, God's why is often different than our why any you want to know what god's why is and any prayer we have how does it advance the kingdom of god you know jesus right before he was arrested went to the cross he knew what was coming okay he did he knew what his mission was what his purpose was but i want to remind you in the garden of gethsemane the most real prayer ever prayed in my opinion he said just pleading his heart out that said that even uh, the sweat, his perspiration was blood droplets, which is a true physiological uh, thing that happens and still happens today, but it's caused by stress. But Jesus prayed the most powerful prayer, in my opinion, when he said, Lord, if this cup of suffering could be removed, please remove it. But not my will, but your will be done. And, friends, that needs to be our prayer. Uh, I need to be reminded of it. I so need to be reminded of that. That, you know, hey, it's not not my will. It's your will, Lord, that be done. Sometimes, you know, the Lord's Prayer, we talk about, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. But, unfortunately, if we're honest, sometimes I think we pray, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, um you know, friends, I did not once again, not condemning anybody, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of that because the world tells us that it's all about us, right? It's all about you and it's about me and I. 
And uh, just want to remind you, friends, today that sometimes after we say amen and while we're waiting on God to answer our prayers, we got to work while we wait and we have to align our prayers with the why. Maybe, you know, God, you know, what would you think about this prayer? And, you know, kind of begs the question, what, what am I supposed to do while I'm waiting on God? You know, you prayed your guts out and still nothing's happened. Uh, you're left with voices in your head telling you, you know, it's your fault. You don't have enough faith. God is waiting on you to believe more. You need to try harder. You know, anybody else besides me hear those lies from the enemy sometimes? There's this great story, though, uh, in one of the books written in the Bible about Jesus. This was written by his close friend, John. Uh, someone came to Jesus one day with a prayer, and we shared that earlier, but I, I, just in case you just tuned in, want to go back and refresh it. John chapter 4, verses 46 through 47. As Jesus traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. So let me give you a little background here. You know, this Roman official, government official, was quite possibly a servant of King Herod. He was most likely a Gentile, not a Jew, probably not a Jesus follower, and certainly not one of the disciples. But all he knew was is that this rabbi, this teacher Jesus, he seemed to have some magical powers. In fact, uh, you know, it says there, you know, in verse 47 that the Roman official, government official went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who is about to die. <clears throat> now, I want to, you know, kind of remind you that, you know, back then this would have been unheard of, of a Jewish rabbi to enter the home of a Gentile Roman official. I mean, there's no promise of duty or servanthood. I mean, there's no confession of faith in Jesus as the Messiah. And there's even nothing that indicates that he's good enough, this government official, to gain Jesus' mercy. But <laughs> this this guy just wants a miracle. He, he wants a favor. And, you know, the miracle. And to be honest, so do I. <laughs> I mean, often, sometimes so do I. And so do you. You know, sometimes when I pray, I quietly hope that God will grant my request without asking too many questions. Much like when your kids ask you for money and hope that you don't ask, hey, what's that money for? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you pray for good grades for uh, your kids, your grandkids, so that they get scholarships to schools. Uh, man, we pray for good weather so that it won't mess up our plans for the weekend. Uh, man, I hope Jesus doesn't know how self serving my prayers can be but who am i kidding right but this roman official uh this government official just like you and me just wants a favor a miracle from jesus but it's kind of interesting jesus response he actually kind of responds to the guy a little bit harshly verse 48 of john chapter 4 jesus asked will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders this is to not just this man, but also the crowd around Jesus. I mean, they've been asking for more signs and wonders. This won't be the last time, though, that Jesus pushes back on the miracle hunters. You know, Jesus wants us to believe in him for who he is, not just for what he does. Say that again. You know, friends, Jesus wants us to believe in him for who he is, not just for what he does. 
So that being said, why does this poor guy maybe kind of catch a bit of Jesus' rebuke? After all, I mean, his son is on his deathbed, and you know he's just coming to Jesus, begging for some help. Maybe perhaps it's because this man's faith is a bit short-sighted. He thinks Jesus must actually be physically present for this healing to happen. And he thinks Jesus can only prevent death, not raise the dead. This man, like you and me, he begins to plead with Jesus. But I want to remind you, one more thing, though. Jesus wants us to believe in him for who he is, not just for what he does. But that official pleaded again, verse 49, chapter 4, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. I want to ask you today, have you ever been there before, just pleading with Jesus like this Roman uh, government official? But, I mean, I have to admire the guy's persistence. I mean, he will not take no for answer. So Jesus gives him an answer, but also a task. Jesus told him, go back home, your son will live. It's in verse 50 of John chapter 4. Go back home, your son will live. I mean, you can almost hear the man responding, can't you? What? No, no, Jesus, you must come with me. How do I know that you're going to heal my son? What if it doesn't take? What if there's poor reception or the call gets dropped? Just come with me. Go home. We are not told how long this father has to wait before he leaves, but eventually he does start heading home, wondering about his son. If this will work, if he will even see his son alive again. What you think? Can you imagine how helpless this must have felt for this dad? Just go home? He came to get the teacher. He came to bring the doctor, and now he's going home empty-handed? How will he face his wife? How will he face his son? At least if he had Jesus with him, they would know that he'd done all he could do. But what about now? I mean, he's got nothing but a prayer, nothing but a hope, nothing but a word of assurance. Just Jesus said to go. But fortunately, he took Jesus at his word, and he went. Fortunately, we're out of time, but I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we'll take a look at After Amen and Doing the Next Right Thing on Hope is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Did you know that Hope is Here is also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? You can find all of these at Hope Is Here Lex. Also, check out the daily one-minute Cup of Hope, available on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That helps you keep your cup hopeful. To find out more information, go to our website, www.hopeishere.today.org. That's www.hopeishere.today.org.